What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to Thunder Willie Mac. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Royce, ISAAC dollar sign. This is the Interview Queen, Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine and the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sandy Callahan. This is the AirPod God, MLW star, Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Yeah. So, hello everyone. It's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, here again with another exclusive Scandigraps interview. This time I'm joined by female wrestling star Alice Inc. So, how are you doing, Alice? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, you're, you're more than welcome. You know, it's an absolute privilege and a pleasure to have you um on the show you know we've had such a great time speaking to the um members of the scandigraps group and the you know nordic wrestling scene you know and when um we were looking for connections you're one of the people who i really wanted to um you know reach out to an interview so no thank you for coming on well it makes us both happy and that makes me even more happy so yes (laughs) (laughs) oh no you're welcome well, everything is good here in Sweden, though, except for the obvious, um, the COVID situation. So how are you doing in Britain? Yeah, it's okay. Like we said, just off, um, off air, you know, people are getting through the, the vaccinations, you know, it's gradually, hopefully becoming a bit more um, normal as time goes on. And it's just, um, there's a bit of hope there, thankfully, but um, I think it's more just uh um uncertainty because of everything how it's been uncertain over the past year you know i don't think you want to put too much hope out there in case it gets kind of how it was before but i'm hopeful you know and i'm I'm glad to hear that you know um you're okay and that sweden's okay as well you know um and uh, the main thing as well for me which has really helped me throughout the whole pandemic is i hope the weather's okay for you because being able to get out although we've been isolated has been a big thing to be able to yes you know have you is the weather okay with you well i mean it's uh we're quite far up north so <laughs> the it's a bit unstable uh, but yeah it's been pretty good today at least and uh i'm quite used to the cold so yeah it's fine and it's starting to get more uh, springtime here as well so looking forward to a warm summer and fingers crossed we can be out and enjoy ourselves a little bit more then absolutely you know it's the same for me as well you know i'm looking forward to being able to you know, go out more and, you know, um, just be with friends more out. And, and although I don't know how it'll work indoors with, you know, um, people coming in the houses or, you know, to public areas and things, at least being able to go out to a park or go out to a, you know, an event and the like, what's been uh, mentioned by um, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister. Let's hope that'll happen, you know, and that includes wrestling as well. I'm, I'm, I think this year has really made me want to go out more and watch more wrestling and, you know, experience more um, yeah. wrestling around the world more than anything, you know, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Exactly. Nothing is uh, nothing is given or guaranteed. You should take the chances when you have them, basically. Definitely. Obviously in a safe way. Definitely, people, <laughs> in a safe way. <laughs> Definitely. Um you know, I'm looking forward to. I've said this to other people as well. I'm looking forward to actually coming to um, to Sweden and to um, Scandinavia and actually seeing uh, the Scandigraps groups firsthand. You know, I'm looking forward to coming and seeing you all 
um, in person oh, and being be able to. Brilliant. You were in for a really good time. I can tell you that much. Oh, I've seen it on tape and I just can't, you know, I'm waiting for the day when I can, you know, um, be rest assured that I can book that ticket and I can come and I can enjoy it, you know, and do a whole round trip of, you know, all of the Nordics and just um, just enjoy it for what it is, you know, because it looks fantastic. Yes, um, oh, it definitely is. And I mean, the, the wrestling crowds here are absolutely phenomenal as well. They really give their all as a part of the show and they... they they're up there with you almost. Really yeah. Like the blood, sweat, and tears you share that with the audience. So it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I've I've actually um that's a good um that's kind of a good way to start the interview actually. Like the first question is that um it sort of feeds into it. So um with the other people I've interviewed from you know the Scandinavian group the um. Nordic fans and you know the fans of Sweden and Norway and uh, Denmark they're very passionate fans and they're very um you know vocal or very um knowledgeable about the about the wrestlers and you know do you enjoy um wrestling in front of you know those particular crowds because they are so as you said so kind of um into the action and, and rabid is it exciting Absolutely. I mean, it gives it gives that little extra energy yeah. uh, in the ring, and you really want to perform your best in front of these people because it's always going to be it's always going to be an experience, and they, you can feel the support, and uh, you really really have them as a part of the show in such a different way. And um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've wrestled uh, a little bit in front of other types of crowd that has not been as vocal, and it's. Um, it's different when you're used to this, um, the, the force from the audience, uh, and you don't get that in the same way. Um, it's a kind of a culture shock in a way, which is uh, obviously good to have. It's a good wake-up call. You, you learn a lot from that, and I really appreciate that as well. Uh, but yeah, I think we're quite spoiled <laughs> in the Nordics. Yeah. Uh, with having these kind of crowds, that's, uh, I mean, they're, they're so fun to work for, and uh, I mean, in in a in a way, quite easy as well, because they because they want to have a good time. Yeah, that's why it really appeals to me is that they, you know, that's what makes you want to go to see a show is that it's always it always looks like it's an experience being at a show. You know, I've said, you know, that um, every show I've watched, the crowd have been so into the action that um, you know, you want to be there, you want to be there physically, and also I like how you know um the fans themselves have kind of become part of the show so like you know i always use the reference of um there was a fan um in ecw called sign guy who used to have a sign so one week something would happen in a particular storyline and then he would have a sign to reference what had happened the previous week so it was yes. like the, the crowd were part of the show has there ever been any experiences for you where the crowd have kind of reacted to something you've done at a previous show and then they've responded to it at the next show when you've gone out or they've responded to you in a particular way when you've come out or anything like that. Are there any funny stories with them? Uh, not like that, no. Not from previous. I mean, I have some uh, storylines and obviously they follow it and um, you can, you, they, add, they, add, they add to the support quite a lot. Um, yeah. They know you've been beaten the fight, the fight before. You, they know you. They want you to. Uh, to go over the next time and that you have that support from them so in that way yes uh, but I think the best uh, crowd experience uh, like that was actually before I started wrestle 
because uh, I was working the the merch at Stockholm Wrestling when I was still a rookie. Oh yeah. And uh, I overheard um, a group come in, and it was quite obvious because I overheard them. Um, it was standing just by the merch table, and the guy who had bought the tickets for everyone is like telling them, "Okay, we're gonna enter this arena, and everything you think you should do, uh, that is not what's happening here. This, <laughs> this is the free space. This is we're part of the show, and." Um, uh, this is an alternate reality. So just just give into it and have a good time. And uh, that was such a good presentation for this little group. And they were so happy when they came back out. <laughs> I, you could just see like the light in the in their eyes, and they'd never seen that kind of stuff before, obviously. So that was just. I think it was a really good experience. And just the 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 knowledge for me as well to know that okay, but this is actually something that the people coming here they they want to experience something completely new. Uh, they 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 want to go in there inhibited and be a part of it and that's that makes me feel a lot better with doing what I do as well because I mean you know that this is a big thing for a lot of people it is an experience yeah I mean it is a it is a huge thing you know and it's a um it's always an exciting experience being there in the action and you know being able to see it firsthand is completely different to you know watching it from a screen you know it just leaps out at you so much more you know and the adrenaline of the you know the action and the response of everybody together yeah it's like a group mentality yeah and i mean for me not growing up the watching wrestling whatsoever i knew there was a thing and but i didn't connect through the screen at all growing up i mean on the rare occasions it was even available in sweden yeah Uh, but my first live show was a completely different thing. It's like, oh, this is actually really exciting to watch. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of how my first real introduction to wrestling was through the live, um, the local Stockholm wrestling um, shows. Yeah, because what I was going to ask actually, it kind of feeds into that as well, is that in ter- so so in terms of your experience or your sort of. Um, fandom with wrestling and journey into becoming a wrestler so it didn't begin watching wrestling on tv like a lot of people and then aspiring to be a wrestler it came through a different um you know path kind of yeah yeah, through the live experience as opposed to watching it on watching say like wwe or you know american wrestling on tv which had obviously been syndicated abroad you know so do you think that that kind of um seeing it first hand kind of um gave you a different uh view of wrestling because some of the wrestlers i've spoken to who've watched it on tv kind of or, or played it on video games kind of look at it in one sense but because you were actually there physically with the action did it feel like a lot more um like the in terms of like the physicality and things like that, did it seem a lot more not real, but well, yeah, real more than anything. Did it feel more kind of physical than what might be seen on TV as more of a performance, if that makes sense? Uh, definitely, and I mean the little I had watched on television before that, because um, I mean I'm a martial artist since um, well 20 years by this point, so I mean I grew up with that part. Yeah. And seeing wrestling on TV uh, compared to doing martial arts in a dojo, um, I, I didn't quite get it, I have to say. And I mean, as I said as well, it wasn't available in Sweden that much either, but maybe a glimpse here and there at a friend's house. I did not grow up with the channels that, that had wrestling <laughs> on them. 
Um, but um, for those who had sport interested parents, they might have some wrestling shows going on at certain times, though. Uh, but but it, it wasn't something I didn't I didn't get the traction. Yeah. Uh, until I actually saw it live, and then I, and then it was kind of uh, I had that experience that you get sometimes when you watch something. It's like I really want to do this. This looks yeah. so much fun, and I mean it was physical. But at the same time, all the theatrics and the show and the, the entertainment value of it. So I think I think the whole package is kind of what drew me into wrestling. Uh, but I had no plans to to start wrestling at that point. So I went to I think two live shows. Yeah. Uh, then then I had a friend um, contacted me on on Messenger and like, well, do you want to come with me to to test this wrestling thing out? Because she's the one who's going with me to the matches. And I mean, I like trying new stuff, so yeah, definitely, let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and and com- coming to that, well, testing wrestling, as she put it, was actually a tryout. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> it's um, it's always interesting and exciting hearing how people actually get into the industry and the different paths they take in terms of you know getting in training and you know their first match and things. So with you. But saying that you originally are, are a mixed martial artist, was it strange being then trained in the art of professional wrestling? Was it kind of a bit of a culture shock and a different way of training to what you'd had before? Or was it kind of quite a natural progression from being a mixed martial artist into a professional wrestler? Did they kind of go hand in hand? I would say some parts go hand in hand. Um, the technique aspects and getting like the... Um the throws and the grips and those kind of things are quite similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And also the, um, the sensei I have, uh, he, he likes the showboating style of martial <laughs> arts, put it that way as well. Um, but like doing the flashy kicks and all that is uh, very much in his vocabulary and what he likes to, <laughs> to teach. So, I mean, a lot of that could actually be applied into wrestling without a problem whatsoever. Um, the the parts that that is hard and it's a bit of a culture shock is certain strikes. Yeah, um, it's actually real, really hard to relearn how to do them in a wrestling way. Um, so that is one thing, and also like the the pacing of things. Yeah, uh, you just yeah. have time to suck the audience in, and uh, all those things you kind of used to rushing uh, mm. because you want to get the first hit in all the time if you're in an actual fight. Yeah, uh, like in a like in a tournament or something. It's a very different uh, different way of being in a different mindset. And just uh, I had my first uh, couple matches completely tuning out the uh, the audience because uh, that kind of what I was used to doing. It's like okay, I have I have the referee and I have my opponent and everything else is just outside of my uh, outside of my side out of mind. Yeah. Uh, so that's also a bit of a relearning thing to to realize. Oh, I have to take in everything because everything is a part of this this um, this thing I'm doing. So yeah, it's um, definitely. Uh, I mean, that's one of the interesting things I think is that although um, mixed martial art, well, well, professional wrestling kind of gets seen in one aspect as you know fake fighting, you may say, and it is it is a staged performance art in one sense there are so many as you've just mentioned then in terms of reading an audience and knowing psychology and knowing how to you know work the audience and being able to you know feed off the crowd it it, 
that's one of the things actually with scandigraps from speaking to the other wrestlers which is a big thing actually in the training of scandigraps which i think gets lost in a lot of other wrestling styles is that it's all sort of um based around or the majority of it is based around the traditional psychology of you know feeding off the audience but slow pacing and being able to read the audience and not kind of doing a particular move for the sake of doing a move it has to have a reason for that to happen so it has to tell a story um, all, was that all part of your trainings in the Nordics is very much particular on this, and they really push it a lot, which they should do. I think that's yes. so important. You can do every flashy move in the book, and I absolutely love doing flashy moves. Yeah. So I need I need to stop myself sometimes and think. Um, you can do everything, and it won't mean anything unless you you pace it with the audience. Yeah, so it's, um... that is such an important aspect, and um, yeah, uh, I think. Um, with the audience being as they are and this being kind of very much indie <laughs> as much indie as it can get basically and quite <laughs> underground still in the in the nordics uh, i think i think that's one of the reasons why this is so important as well because you really need the audience to understand the product yeah yeah it, it, you really have to that, that's the other thing about like you said about the psychology is that the audience have to understand what they actually are watching and that you know, in terms of different styles of wrestling from different parts of the world, you know, the audience understand different particular styles of that, you know, of the wrestling. So, for instance, you know, in WWE, it's a lot more theatric and it's a lot more, you know, um, sort of, um, you know, sensationalized in one sense. But you, that kind of term is in the sense of, you know, like when I've said to people before about like gimmick matches and things like that. You know, it's a lot more based around that. Whereas, like in Japan, it's a lot more, you know, physical and hard hitting, the strong style and things like that. And then, yeah. you know, the European style is kind of a bit like the uh, Japanese style. But then again, there's more of an emphasis on, I think, what I found, um, especially with Scandigraps, is that you do have more of the traditional. Um, uh, baby face and heel dynamics as well which is really refreshing because it's kind of that old school sort of um you know clear cut baby face good yeah, guys and really then is. clear cut yeah and that's refreshing because for a long time because of things what happened in wrestling overall that kind of has been lost so it's a nice thing to be able to hark back to is actually seeing someone who's a good guy or there's a you know a good person and someone yeah, who's a bad that's, person that's such a big part of the charm of, uh, of the entire thing because that's uh, all, every movie we watch, or I mean, I'm a big anime fan as well, so like all anime and um, I mean, all, all books we read, it always it has to be like a hero and it has to be a villain in a way yeah. to make an interesting story. Yeah. It doesn't have to be black and white, definitely not, but it has to at least be opposite in some way. Uh, you, need, you need to have some kind of conflict, otherwise it won't be an interesting uh, storyline. Yeah. It's, and that, that's um, such a good way to create. It's, it's such a good way to uh, to just make a story and make something interesting. And I mean, soap operas is the same way as well. That they might even be even more on the black and white scale than wrestling is. So, <laughs> but you you really need that part, I think. And I think that's such a big part of the charm. And what actually makes people come back? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think um, it really does. Um, create a 
um, reason for people to watch because they want to see, you know, the the hero defeat the villain. It's kind of what you always want to what you always want to see. You want good to conquer evil, you know. You, and you know, although we can cheer for you know the bad the baddie, or we can you know maybe if the goodie is a bit too goody and we want to see them <laughs> come out, get a come up, you know, come up and so we still always want the the goody to, you know, beat the baddie. And um, you know, when you were training, well, every, everything can be flipped on its head. Sometimes a really cool heel can get the shears as well. But I mean, yes, the audience come, the audience come there to to shear and to boo and to to live basically. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think that's that's a good way of giving it to them because I yeah. kind of uh, would well puts it in season in this case. Mm. It's um, you know, it's it's always exciting as well because you know I think. They do say as well that the audience make the decision on, or the audience um, know who they want to cheer and who they want to boo. It's them at the end of the day who are, you know, reacting to what's happening. So it's always interesting when someone gets a different response to what is it, what is presumed by, you know, the um, the people who are either running the company or who are, you yes. know. Um, yeah. As we've seen in WWE, just as the example, it, it with guys like... sometimes things doesn't go to plan. I mean, I've, yeah. <laughs> I had I had one of my best chants uh, that I've ever gotten was uh, the only time I actually wore a heel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to get the chant in that match, but well, it kind of went away anyway. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think the thought was more fun than anything else, but I, I got the chance. Alice gonna eat her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had such a hard time to keep my um, keep my face straight. <laughs> it's, um, I thought it was pretty brilliant. Yeah, it, it's just you know it's, it's that's what I mean like about the audience, just how they react to what's happening and how they come up with things and just you know respond to the the moment more than anything and just um, it can then you know transgress into someone's future character or career, you know, it, and. I think what's interesting is, oh, by the way, off, off topic of wrestling, as you did mention that you're a big fan of um, anime before I carry on the wrestling questions. Do you have a favorite anime or a favorite anime character or um, series? What you oh, like to watch? I mean, it's, uh, I kind of grew up with uh, Naruto. So yeah. that's, that's a big part of, of my wrestling, uh, my anime heart. Uh, <laughs> um, also, I mean, as well, Bleach and uh, watch fairy tales as well. And um I mean, I've I've gone through so many animes and like One yeah. Piece, obviously as well. All these like yeah. long going. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, oh, favorite one is tough though. There's so many really good ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's um my my particular favorite um anime is um my favorite manga is uh, Akira or Akira, and my um, favorite anime. Um, series is uh, Cowboy Bebop. Um, oh yes, that we, that is yeah, that's a really good one as well. Yeah, and Akira the the movie was actually the first anime I ever watched. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, that's kind of what started that thing off. It's um f- fascinating, you know, just um, and I think as well it's interesting because a lot of wrestlers have referred to. Um, Japanese manga and uh, anime as an influence on them as you know performers and I think it's such a I think one of the things for me why I find 
anime, and, and this is actually kind of a question, but it's something I don't know whether you've kind of seen as well, but anime is a very expressive form of um, art in the sense of it visually, because it's so bright and out there and colourful in one sense, but also the the expressions of the characters and the facial expressions and the stories themselves are so kind of, um, you know, the kind of an explosion on screen and the kind of an explosion of, you know, narrative kind of, do you think that feeds yeah. well into the professional wrestling industry? Because I do, I think they I kind of go hand in so. hand. I, they, I, in my mind, they do. And there's so much in, in anime that corresponds to wrestling and vice versa in this. Um, but the way, even the fight sequences in anime is basically wrestling. Yeah. I mean, the pacing of it is, is very much the same. And like the beatdowns and the, you, sometimes I kind of feel I can take frame for frame from an anime to a wrestling ring. Yeah. And you basically have the same thing happening on both screens. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, but and also the storytelling and and the characters, obviously, like they they're, they're so out there in most animes, and it's kind of the same type of characters that that people remember in wrestling. Yeah, it's um. So, I, I, I've had some arguments with other people who don't agree with me on this one, but I really <laughs> do think uh, there's a lot of things uh, going hand in hand with those two medias. I I believe so. You know, I think because I think as well. One of my arguments, I, I've kind of thought about that myself and with comic books and things I've spoken to people. I think for, for me, in terms of the anime's uh, sort of argument, the you know the, the case in point is that in New Japan Pro Wrestling 40 years ago this year, you know, Tiger Mask came from the anime world and became a you know, professional yes. wrestler, as did Jushin Thunder Liger. And they transferred into the professional wrestling world and have become arguably the two biggest you know junior heavyweight wrestlers and i like to think they kind of came from the anime and just started wrestling just like people transfer from sports sometimes yeah that's what i want to think in my head but yeah um and i I think you know they are very um they are very similar although not in terms of the um presentation well obviously there's going to be differences but yeah still though i mean the idea is there yeah i I think it's um quite common in the in japanese wrestling just just the style of things as well if you watch uh stardom for example yeah and how 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 the costumes are are made it's very much like anime-ish yeah so it's definitely definitely a big influence on the entire scene there i would say yeah it, it really is you know and um I mean, Joe, that's actually another interesting question because what one of my questions was that in terms of um, you as a as a female uh, wrestler, especially coming up in um, Sweden, which um, is kind of in terms of actual wrestling as a whole, it's kind of off the beaten track. From you kind of have to seek it out in a way. Like I said, it's very underground. Did kind of Joshi wrestling? Did you find that through training, or did you find that through the internet, or um, what was the sort of introduction to female wrestling? What your kind of style? Where did that kind of start? Was it like I said, Joshi, or was it um, Ooh, uh, training? Well, I kind of mix a lot of things uh, into what I do in the ring. Um, obviously, I bring a lot in from the martial arts. Yeah. I incorporate a lot of things, um, partly because it feels very comfortable to me to do that, and uh, 
and also because it works, obviously, um, and it looks good. So that's one thing. But I mean, I also look, um, especially in the beginning, uh, I looked a lot of, of um, Japanese wrestlers, uh, yeah, wrestlers, and check the style and kind of because they have, like you said before, very hard hitting, but still a lot of uh, more high flying moves as well incorporated. And I like that blend of things. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the more the more I've uh, trained and the more I um, I also watch wrestling and get different influence from different places. And I'm I'm I can, my my head is a little bit like a sponge when it comes to certain things. When it comes to to movements and uh, physical things you can do with your body, I can like oh I want to try that. Oh I want to do that thing. <laughs> so 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 I'm always like I'm always looking at oh can I do that? Can I actually make this work with uh, with my frame with my body? So. It's kind of like an exploration in a way. Yeah. It's, uh, so, so, I mean, I'm, I'm picking from everywhere, basically, but, um, and, and try to make something something out of it that works within my my character and my gimmick, obviously, as well. So, I mean, uh, but I mean, I think that's that's kind of how it should be as well. You should, uh, you should not be opposed to trying stuff um, yeah. in any setting in life, basically. I mean, you should... Uh, you should at least know what you're what you're not willing to to do, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Test, test your own limits, basically. But I also try like I'm, th- I'm thinking worst thing that can happen if I try something is it's gonna fail or it's not gonna go with the audience, and then I know to next time. Because uh, yeah. it's still gonna be a learning experience anyway. So I mean, I'd r- I'd rather uh, go go for a hit and miss <laughs> than not yeah. go at all. Oh yeah, you know I think. That's definitely, um, you know, the best thing to do in, in it. Like you said, in anything, not just in the wrestling world. I think because then, like people say, if you don't try, you'll regret it, and then it might be too late. And wow. you know, there's no harm it, because you might surprise yourself more than anything else. You yeah, know, exactly. And, and it's kind of the worst things I or the worst thing I know uh, with people is uh, people that collect things to never be used. Yeah, uh, and that, that goes both for uh, for actual things and uh, opportunities as well. You know, you can do something, but you don't because you're gonna do it later. Yeah, uh, but one day later may never come, or it might be too late. Yeah, uh, if you, if you want to do something or you want to use something, do it. And don't uh, don't be like the people that have like the the nice uh, porcelain uh, in the cupboard for entire lives. Yeah, just gonna sit there and it's gonna be dusty, and then some someone will come and sell it the day you die. Yeah. <laughs> it's a horrible way to live your life. It should be lived when you when you actually can enjoy it. It should, you know, and that that's you know the best way to, and I think best way to approach things. And I think this particular COVID situation has brought that home to me a lot more than what um it was before. In that you know um it's always well what it's brought home to me is that you know once things are less restrictions and there are less things you know to go and see the world and to go and experience more of the um wrestling outside of the uk which i've always wanted to go and see just treasure the contacts you have with people as well and yeah most out of it absolutely give you give your mom that call you never do basically (laughs) <laughs> I still live with my mum, so I've got, I've, I only I don't have the call. She's down, you know. My mum and sister. I've, I've actually gotten a lot better with that COVID as well. You'll learn. It's, um, yeah. no, it's, it's, you know, you know what I mean. It's, I it's do. It's like it's it's so much. Um, 
that you think you should do sometime and you just end up uh, on your phone or uh, the computer or whatever and there's time for that as well definitely yeah definitely but there is you have to make time for the things that that make you grow as a person definitely because one of the things i was going to ask you in terms of growing as a person and as a professional wrestler is that you have had the privilege and the opportunity of wrestling in several different countries as well as Sweden. You've wrestled in uh, Belgium and you've also wrestled in uh, Denmark. And was it exciting and was it an experience going to those different countries and, um, you know, wrestling in front of those fans and being in a new, was it your first time out of Sweden as well? Or those countries like first time in Denmark or in Belgium, was that fun? Uh, first, it was my first time in Belgium, actually. I mean, Denmark I've been to a few times before. I have uh, yeah. cousins there and stuff. I mean, we're, we're not that big country, so it's not unusual to go go yeah. abroad. Uh, um, no, but Belgium was my first time. So that was fun just for the sake of seeing Belgium, obviously. Mm. But also so fun being working for, for Relentless, as the promotion is called. And they're also all of them are such a good guys to, to meet. And I, the plan to begin with wasn't even the was going to wrestle i was go- actually going there for uh, for a seminar oh wow uh, but, um, well they i got i got a question a little bit before like would you like to come on the show as well and see see, see if you can do something of that so i mean obviously i'm gonna say yes to that that's a big uh, that's a big opportunity yeah to, to a country in europe and so many good people on the show and i'm a little bit stars star <laughs> gas is that the right world <laughs> um no, but um, yeah, and I always like I came back um, December 2019 it would be, um, and it was my first uh, and so far only Rumble. Yeah. Uh, well, and that that was also so much fun and a very much different way of uh, doing a match than I'm used to. So uh, that was a that was really a great opportunity as well. Yeah, um, it's it's exciting. I think that you know through the. Through Scandigraphs for me, I've learned about not only wrestling promotions in because I've always loved independent wrestling, but what it's taught me is that, or what it's helped me to um, find out more about is so many different promotions which are, you know, underground in countries like Belgium or Denmark or Italy or you know France. Exactly. There's this whole network of wrestling, you know, companies who are all that, over and Europe. I mean, it's a it's a lot of traveling in between as well for yeah which is I think is so good because you kind of share the joint experience and we all get better from it yeah exactly because as you just mentioned with the with the rumble um you've mainly from the research I've done you've mainly wrestled in singles matches but you have had tag matches and as you mentioned you've had the rumble is it always fun kind of mixing it up and having that variety of suddenly wrestling a tag match when you are predominantly wrestling a singles match like is it fun being able to test yourself in that an environment rather than yeah just I being mean, singles I, yeah definitely i mean i had a few um, few tag matches where i've um, had my tag partner being um bet rose which was yeah. much fun um i mean I had this uh, this feud going on with aya frick and um and sixth yes just and us four are the uh, <laughs> they well up until recently the only four um active wrestling women in Sweden so it's, it's always a pleasure working with these girls and they're they're so um, they're so good in their own ways how they do things and we have a good friendship going as well so I mean it's uh yeah it's real that's kind of what makes it fun as well because you get to work with uh with people you have a really fun time with 
Um, I mean, all the people I met in wrestling has been absolutely brilliant. So um, for some people, you meet a little bit more often than other people. <laughs> so you kind of grow this bond as well, like a little bit stronger that way. Yeah. So and I, I really miss uh, I really miss our buzz in the ring. <laughs> yeah. I hope that can happen again soon. Oh yeah. Um, I mean. You know, when I was doing research as well, you know, I watched some of the matches with you against Sixth and they're amazing. And I was about to say, you know, is there a particular favourite match you have against her because she's kind of your main rival? Is there a favourite match or a standout yes. moment or match you have between Sixth and you? Yeah, me and Sixth has uh, feuded in all the, all the Swedish promotions, I think. Yes, almost. yeah. Not, not, not all, but almost. Uh, so, yeah, she's, uh, she's a real powerhouse, sure. Yeah. Um, I think I, I have a hard time choosing between. Um, we had a main event match, um, kind of like the blow off to to feud in Stockholm uh, on, on the co- show called Revenge, and I really the match felt so. It was so much fun, and it got so much good stuff in it. And um, I don't think that one's available though, unfortunately. Um, not 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 as a whole, at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, that's one of the matches I'm one of the matches I'm really really proud of, and I think uh, she's so awesome to work with. And and also um, the last full wrestling match I actually did uh, was against Sixth as well, uh, also in Stockholm. And uh, yeah, that's um, we actually ended that one with a Guerrero spot. So yeah, that was also <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> it's um. It's definitely, um, you know, really um, a great testament. I think I think now, um, because women's wrestling kind of has become so uh, much of a... It's kind of come out of the shadows, thankfully, of, you know, the, the glamour girl kind of Americanized female um, wrestlers of, you know, the particular generation to now... You know, rest, female wrestlers are just as um, as I've always I've always greatly admired and always greatly enjoyed female wrestling. You know, I love Joshi wrestling and you know independent female wrestling things. You know, women like Sarah Del Rey and you know um, the Ring of Honor, uh, like Amazing Kong and the like. Before I found out more about the uh, European scene, um, and what I was going to say was that um, as a female wrestler in Sweden um have you had any sort of um positive feedback from female fans who've come up to you and sort of seen you as a positive role model saying like you know I could do that all I've said how do you get into this I want to do it too because it must be quite a um yeah I mean you know, I'm trying to word what I mean but like it, it must be quite a privilege in a sense to be sort of a um sort of standard bearer for that kind of Swedish female wrestling you know like you just said that you're one of four female wrestlers you know wrestling in Sweden is it kind of a positive th- have you had a lot of positive feedback from female fans um because of the definitely I mean yeah. and the best uh, the, the best encounters is obviously when you actually talk to people one-on-one yeah the shows and uh, in Denmark for example I had um, I had a girl coming up to me and starting asking questions it's like I really want to do this do you think I can and I was like everyone can you just need to find your way of doing it and find out what you can be good at and then it's a lot of hard work yeah 
but if you really want this, go for it. It doesn't mm. matter what size you are, it doesn't matter uh, in where you come from or anything. Just have the heart for it and it's going to work out. But you need to put the work down. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously not everyone's going to be good at the same things. And that's also part of the charm of wrestling. That it's, there's different spaces to fill. We're all, we're all pieces of a puzzle. Yeah. And uh, it needs to fit together to be this picture that everyone wants to see. Yeah. So, but I, th- I think absolutely best female encounter was actually quite early on when I started wrestling and uh, at a kid's show. And oh, a yeah. girl coming up and was like, I think you're amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then she, she was like, really, yeah, she really enjoyed the show and she had so much fun with it. So, yeah, that, that really melted my heart. <laughs> it is, um, I have heard that as well, that, you know, wrestlers, um, especially in, you know, scan, scan the graps have loved the opportunity to wrestle in front of, um, you know, younger fans and kids because they're just so into everything what's happening. And it's such a great training as well, I think, being able to be out there in front of, you know, I unfortunately haven't done them in a kid's show. I wish I could do more. Um, yeah. I haven't had the opportunity in Stockholm as much because um, of the, the venues we use. Yeah. Uh, most the the venues we usually use uh, sell alcohol, and obviously we can't let people in that is under yeah. eighteen. Um, when I started off, though, we had a training venue where we can actually have an audience within the training vicinity, and then we were able to have kid shows. Oh wow! So yeah, and I, I've done one in Gothenburg though before um, before the regular show. That oh, was cool! A lot of fun. <laughs> have they? Um, uh, one of the other things as well, which one of the questions was. Um, you know your name is Alice Alice Inc and you have a lot of um tattoos um which you know um are very prominent do you have any have wrestling fans sort of or kids sort of said do you have a fit like I'm about to ask do you have a important or a significant tattoo or do you get like CM Punk for example uh, as a wrestler every time something important happened in his wrestling career he'd get a new tattoo kind of to signify a new um you know, moment what happened, for example. Do you have any particular tattoos? What are significant? I mean, every tattoo uh, might I mean, be significant. Uh, or, every know. part of uh, every part of the tattoo, because I basically only have one now. Yeah. Turns together. <laughs> <laughs> but um, every part of it is obviously chosen for a reason. But the reasons yeah. are very different at different times, and it's not like, as necessary for me to have something happen to do a tattoo. Can yeah. just be something that that I enjoy or something that I like looking at for whatever reason. And the style I have is, um, I mean, I have like the Japanese Takusa style um, bodysuit. Yes. The, the cut and how how that is done on the body. Yeah. And I I really I think that's an amazing uh, art style. So so obviously gone with that. But that wasn't how I started with tattoos though. I started doing like one here, one there, like different things not really binding together and then i realized no i actually wanted to be one thing one yeah. things with smaller details in kind of like a book yeah uh, you see the cover that's one thing and then you read the pages that's something else so but i mean i have um i have a lot of different ones for different reasons i have my thighs for example i have um i have um see what english word is this a wolverine Oh well, yeah. And then, and then I have a lynx on the other side, and so that's uh, the reason for choosing those animals, for example, is um, is because I wanted something that would be incorporated into into the Japanese tattoo style, 
but I wanted animals that were local to to where I'm from, from Sweden. Yeah. And I wanted. I didn't want the big. Um, I didn't want the big animals, the big predators. I wanted the smaller ones that are fast, but vicious, because I kind yeah. of that that um, spoke more to me as as a thing for something I'm going to look at for the rest of my life. Yeah. So there's always some kind of like thought process going in in front of everything, obviously. And I and I have um, one of my favorite ones is also in the lakes. Uh, I have a baku, which is a oh, Japanese, yeah. um, a Japanese demon that eats nightmares. Yes. And uh, I absolutely love the concept of that one. Uh, I have a nine-tailed fox from Japanese folklore. I have the monkey kid from Chinese folklore. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like a mixed bag, but everything is something I have an interest in and read up on and love the concept or love the art form or just for the reason being there. So, uh, but, but it's always like, um, it's not always been that planned and advanced, but when the, no. the motif is actually chosen, then it's always like, yes, yes, this feels so right. <laughs> Uh, but I've had, I have sittings where I come into the tattoo artist because I've known him for a long time now and just, yeah, what do you feel like doing today? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, some, some kind of like main motif maybe. Well, how about a dancing frog? Have you ever done a dancing frog? <laughs> like, no, I have not. So now I have a dancing frog on my leg. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, so, sometimes it's just like, yeah, the hell of it because I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> It's um I th- I think you know I, I think they look incredible any kind of I mean I myself haven't any um tattoos I don't know if they would um suit me or what kind of thing I would go for but I I think tattoos are such a um incredible form of of art and you know like you know, just the detail in them like you've just said you know where it is i never actually looked at it before like that but a book where you, you know it looks like a cover and then you go further you know you see further and you see things and you yeah. know um and i think the other thing as well is that um in terms of um well in tattoos for me i think it would be the how long it would take. So, what's the longest? Like, I don't know if I'd be able to last long enough to have a not <laughs> not a small tattoo, but I mean, like a really big tattoo. Like, what's the longest uh, time you've been there while a tattoo's been um, you know, been done? What? How long? <laughs> I think the longest uh, sitting actually I was quite. I think it was my second tattoo. Uh, so this was before I actually came up with the concept that I wanted for and what I'm going with now, but. I think that sitting took four and a half hours. Wow. That was not fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I was, um, well, I mean, my body changed quite a bit from when I started doing tattoos. I was quite young. <laughs> uh, I was very bony. <laughs> was, that really, really hurt. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, like the thought of sitting there for four and a half hours. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I don't think I could cope with that to start with, you know, maybe. You know, maybe four minutes. You, you, can't, you kind of find um, acceptance to the pain. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it doesn't hurt, because everyone who says it doesn't hurt lies. Yeah. <laughs> but but you, you kind of, you sit there for like the first half an hour, and it's like, ah, this is no fun, but I'm going to do it. And then it's kind of kind of okay for like yeah. one, maybe one and a half hour. And then the pain really starts. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like when the adrenaline starts to run out. So, yeah. Um, I prefer sitting no more than two, three hours ago, yeah. actually, if I can. I mean, I try, I try to prove a point when I was younger. <laughs> I don't feel the <laughs> need to do that anymore. 
they you know like like i said you know i think i think it's really cool as well that they actually um because you have got so many as well they they actually are part of your um wrestler name in that you know the the ink for uh, alice ink so is it through the tattoos that the the name of alice ink came about or was there a well, st- I mean, the, the story ink, for it it kind of is the ink part is obviously a nod to the tattoos um, yeah the Alice part is um, is actually several things in this, but um, uh, the name and the spelling of it is taken from one of my favorite authors, uh, Terry Pratchett. Oh yeah, because they had um, they had this uh, character that is um, Black Alice, which was um, a witch, the most powerful witch, uh, yeah. that eventually turned mad and uh, very very evil at the same time. And it kind of wove a lot of fun stories, like we can all relate to from childhood into this, though, it's as he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his, I mean, really, if, uh, if anyone out there hasn't read anything by him, you definitely should. I absolutely love his books. Um, but, um, yeah, so kind of like, I like the idea of that, though. The, um, the character that is too powerful for, for his own good and then turns to something else and turns wicked. And not sure if that's something that's going to happen to to Alice Inc. I wouldn't know at this point. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I like the idea that we're striving for for perfection up to absurdity almost. Uh, yeah. And then always, I've always read that uh, right or wrong, I don't know. But um, I read the Alice as a spell, like almost like all is, which would be all is black. Yes. For that character, and I kind of feel like all is ink kind of is a fun way of doing it for for someone that's maybe a bit too many tattoos for their own good <laughs> so but i mean that name was actually was not planned up until like uh, i think the day before my debut in stockholm wrestling wow. so wow. Uh, I, I was supposed to have a different name but it was kind of a little bit of a discord with that in the creative group at the time they had different ideas and then eventually um, had to because uh, the original name that was before them wasn't my idea either. But yeah. it's like, can you come up with something else like on the go? Because we, we can't agree on this and we're not getting anywhere. So it's like, well, okay, I made this name up for fun basically, <laughs> and then it stuck just like a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to look at it. I was about to say it's a bit like, um, you know, the great story of. Stone Cold Steve Austin originally being yeah. Frosty McFreeze or whatever that was, yes. you know, all his names being given, <laughs> oh, terrible names, you know. Um, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's it's so funny to me, though, because I read up now on all this, like, old wrestling stories that everyone else obviously knows. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so many good stories and so many fun, like, uh, fun occurrences that's like, they just missed out on my entire life. <laughs> I love this kind of stuff. It's, um, it is. I mean, it, it's definitely um, for for me as a fan. I've been watching for about twenty years now, um, sort of fully. So, although I am still young, I've seen quite a lot and I've um, gone back and watched a lot of stuff. So, and especially now with the pandemic as well, it's funny because it's allowed a lot of. Although I have been working, it's allowed a lot of fans, including myself, to um, watch a lot of wrestling from back in the past but also um there has been shows running sort of like during the pandemic but mainly looking at stuff from you know 
back in the day. So have while it has been this quiet period of wrestling, have you gone back and watched any old wrestling, or have you watched anything what you found and thought, wow, that's really cool. How did I miss out on that? Is there anything you've found what you're really into at the moment? Oof. Well, I, I do watch a lot of old wrestling at the moment, or at least from um, depends what you define as older, obviously. Uh, but a lot of like back in the heyday of WWE and. Uh, the Attitude Era and uh, 90s and stuff there. So, I mean, watch a lot of that and really yeah. enjoying it. Uh, I do kind of mix it up quite a bit. I watch uh, newer stuff as well, but I do have a bit of a problem with watching without the audience there. Yeah. Uh, it took took me a while to, to even be able to do that, and now I kind of can if the match is uh, interesting enough, but I'd still, it's still missing something for me. Yeah. So I, um, I do prefer going back and watching watching the older stuff now. And I mean, one of my absolute favorite feuds uh, has to be Guerrero and um, Rey Mysterio. Yes. So brilliant. And uh, I kind of go back to some of those matches when no one is watching it over and over again. It's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to I wanna be in this. I, I mean, I, um, I remember talking about like, manga and anime and i've said this to people before and you know um i remember i grew up watching and i said this to people but i remember watching power rangers when i was a kid like a really young kid and that kind of you know martial arts and stuff like that and, yeah. <laughs> and in that kind of good and bad good and evil situation and then you know suddenly see someone like rem mysterio jr with his mask and you're like and juventud guerrero and like you said eddie guerrero and it's like you know these guys are like real Power Rangers and how are they able to do this stuff, you know? And like, even now when I watch early Rey Mysterio in WCW against like, and Eddie, you know, as well in WWE, how they were able to do the, the athletics yeah. and the, just the, and he, I mean, even now Rey Mysterio, even though he's not as nimble as he was when he was younger, he's still able to, he, he's, he still run, runs laps around yeah. other guys. I, I, it's phenomenal. But I think I think it's just the thing as well because I mean you watch uh, those matches because they're obviously considered high flying. Um, yeah. Uh, but the way they do it, they still make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, it still feels like a fight, and it still feels like they wanna they wanna win. They wanna come up on top of this. Yeah. Uh, and things things matter, and that part kind of kind of lacks in a lot of newer products, unfortunately. So I kind of hope we can find our way back to that because I think that's an important aspect of the wrestling. Absolutely. You know, um, I think um, one of the things between, especially with um, Eddie Guerrero, watching him especially, is he, he, this is again the thing with psychology, but everything Eddie Guerrero did and I think why when you go back and you look at him and you realize how good he was is because he could literally wrestle anybody of he could wrestle Rey Mysterio he could wrestle Kurt Angle he could wrestle Dean Malenko he could wrestle Big Show you know anybody The Rock when he wrestled The Rock briefly you know that one match on Raw and he was so versatile but he was able to read everything what was going on with the crowd Uh, but But like you said, he always had that, he, he never, although he may not have always had the advantage and, you know, you kind of, he all, you know, although he didn't always come out on top, it wasn't like he gave up without a fight. It never felt one-sided. It always felt like he was in the fight as well. Do you know what I mean? It didn't feel like a squash, essentially, if you want to use that term. 
and he was just so good and he was so watching him was like an education i expect being a wrestler yeah. you know just being able to learn from watching him how to move really? and i mean yeah. obviously i do use some of the moves he did as well because i mean i i cannot not do that yeah basically i mean yeah. it's so awesome and obviously i'm gonna try to emulate a little bit of that if i'm if i'm able to yeah so not not gonna go with the with the horns and the um jeans outfit though i'm not sure about that one <laughs> <laughs> it's um yeah, the, there are certain things as well which you'd rather forget <laughs> rather than, you know, remember. <laughs> <Thank Yes>. you. <laughs> let's, let's keep it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, you know, we'll... we'll uh, we we all have a rough patches in life, put it that way. We do, we do. You know, that's always the case. And um, one of the other things as well in your career, which is interesting, because we are just briefly talking about male wrestlers, is you have had some uh, intergender matches. So you have wrestled some... Uh, you've had some matches against male wrestlers, you know, and you've wrestled into gender matches. Um, I think the main part actually might be into gender. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those funny dividing situations for a lot of fans where some people are for uh, into gender matches, some people are against into gender matches. It's kind of a bit of a, um, a gray area and a bit of a interesting topic. So as a female wrestler, um, what what's it like wrestling into gender matches? Do you enjoy it? Do you find it a nice challenge? Is it an exciting vibe from the crowd? What what's it like compared with wrestling well, female wrestlers? I mean, I was the um, we were a few. I think we were three, no, two women uh, making it out of the tryout uh, that I was at. So but the other one dropped out quite early on. Uh, so I mean, I. I trained with uh, predominantly males up until the time I started doing matches. Yeah. Uh, so I and I mean coming from martial arts as well, I do sparring against uh, men and never had a issue with that. It's kind of natural to me as well. I mean, obviously I'm gonna have a harder time with the reach and I'm gonna have to compensate by being fast and all that, you know. Uh, so it's not always easy. <laughs> yeah. It can be quite frustrating when you talk uh, talk in the martial arts and in the dojo, but I mean it's always it's fun pushing limits and fun challenging myself that way. Uh, so coming into wrestling and uh, wrestle with uh, with men in the ring there is just I never it never occurred to me that that would be weird until people started to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and I and I kind of do get the dividing the thing there as well a little bit. But I mean it depends what you want from your promotion. I'm thinking if you want it to be a sport. Uh, yeah, then I kind of get that you don't want to mix it because you wouldn't do that in uh, in, a, in a karate tournament, for example. Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay, fair enough. At the same time, I, I mean, I I've been there firsthand experience with the crowd reactions to intergender matches, and it's always a really good pop for that, and it's always the audience is always into it. And um, I, th- I think it's um, I think I might have said that this before as well, but I mean it's a missed opportunity I think to not have that in your promotion. Yeah. Um, it's it always uh, it's get a good reaction, and I mean it's a good way. It's it's a good way to um, to showcase both the heel as a heel and uh, the face as a face, but in a different in a different way. Yeah. So you can work a lot with just, uh, you can obviously work the man and female thing a lot with an audience. Because, um, um, I mean, this kind of like uh, mirror to society as well. And you can work on those uh, stereotypes that people have. So, yeah. 
there's so much you can do with that. Or just have it as any other fight and just let us go at it and it's going to be brilliant anyway because that is actually possible. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I've, I've beaten people in sparring, like have guys running off with bloody noses and stuff. So I mean, yeah. it's like, it's, it's, <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't laugh at the time, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I mean, that's obviously things that can happen. It's, it's not that out of the box to actually, I mean... <laughs> If if we're gonna if we're gonna do like a full on fight, it's it's not good being a small woman against a no. much bigger male opponent. Obviously not, but things can happen, and fights are very much unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so especially with wrestling, when you work so much with opposites, I don't see yes. why it would be so much weirder for for a woman to fight a man than for uh, for a small guy to fight a big guy or. Um, anything else in that matter because uh, i mean you work with different uh, different gimmicks and different body shapes and that's uh that's what's so good with wrestling that you can do that yeah <laughs> and and it gives diversity to the crowd as well it you know it re- i mean it really does and you know it gives a different dynamic in terms of you know the the match and again different psychology and different um a different vibe and you know, again, like whether you're a male or a female wrestler, you know, as long as um, you've been trained correctly and as long as you're safe in the ring and as long as you have the mutual respect for one another, you're able to put on a, a great match, I, I believe. And I think that, you know, I've seen several intergender matches what have been really, really you know, exciting and have been really, um, you know, uh, different in the sense of that again they have a different vibe but not in a in a scary sense just in a sense of that they are exciting you know and they do exactly. give a different vibe you know and that's that's really ref- it's refreshing is the way i'm trying to put yeah. it it's refreshing you know um exactly and i mean you, you need different things and people want to see something new now and then and if you don't have a lot of intergender matches that's one way of doing it it can give the audience something a little bit off the books yeah. Uh, so, so I think that's uh, once again missed opportunity. But if you don't want it for any specific reason in your promotion, obviously that's that's your choice, and yeah. there can always be reasons for that as well. But just to brush it off and saying it's unrealistic, well, I mean, you have to look at the product as a whole, and then you're gonna have to scrape off a lot of other things as well if you're gonna have it realistic. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think you know it's kind of a bit of a uh, you say that as an argument and then like you said you've got to go through a lot of different um things to try and make it you know <laughs> realistic yeah, but i mean but... do you want it to be the ufc no probably not well that's <laughs> what... that, that's not what people come to see yeah because i was about to ask you as well um as a as a mixed martial artist and like you said you came into wrestling quite quite um as a fan sorry quite late was your knowledge of mixed martial arts, although you were practicing mixed martial arts, did you watch a lot of like the UFC and mixed martial arts promotions growing up? Or again, did you not really get a chance to see stuff like that till a lot uh, later on? No, I actually did, um, did watch quite a bit of UFC. Um, yeah. Not, not the early, early years, but um, I've followed it quite a lot, different periods of my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, d- I don't train uh, mish- um, the UFC style of uh, mixed martial arts per se. I train um, a mixture of uh, combat karate, jiu-jitsu, and uh, kickboxing. Yeah. And I've also done like boxing and other stuff before that, but that's kind of my main uh, disciplines nowadays. Though. It has been for 10 plus years, I think. Yeah. 
so so it's, it's not I mean we mix these together and uh, we have all the aspects of uh, UFC but we do train in geese most of our sessions yeah uh, so you can do a bit of different types um, types throws and stuff and you can use the geese and more like judo judo style things as well yeah so uh, it's, it's not exactly the same we, I still watch a lot of UFC yes and I yeah. still do now and then um, I do kind of feel that I'm not as interested in the product anymore uh, maybe because I'm more interested in wrestling <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit <laughs> so, sorry Xi'an <laughs> oh my <sister. laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously, the more the more I've been fi- when I'm fight trained, for example, then obviously I've lot, watched a lot of uh, those kind of and K1 as well and those kind yeah. of things. Um, yeah. Um, my focus has not really been on competition for a long time, but with martial arts, it's more I I enjoy doing it. I I think like I'm gonna do wrestling for as long as I'm able to and as long as I find enjoyment in it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to be a martial artist for the rest of my life. Um, yes. And ov- obviously wrestling is going to be a big part of that as well. But I kind of feel like that's something that I might not be able to do as long. Yeah. Uh, martial arts is something you can always do in some aspects, at least. Yeah. Um, so that's always going to be a part of me. And uh, it's, uh, it's it's been a huge influence on me as well, growing up and how... The media with the um, martial arts movies and uh, mentioned before another podcast as well. I really wanted to be a stuntman growing up. Oh yeah, did lead to a lot of stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> I try doing, but you know, uh, yeah, you have to test your uh, test your borders out sometimes. Yeah, uh, but it's it's. Um, I mean, if if I could uh, if I could be Jackie Chan for like. Uh, like a day, I would be. I would die happy. Basically, <laughs> it's like both both parts of both worlds. He would be an awesome wrestler, by the way. I'm pretty he sure would. he would. Um, yeah, because um, I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee as well. I'm yes. a big Bruce. Oh, I love yes. Bruce Lee. Um, the first martial arts film I saw was um, Way of the Dragon, and um, ah, Enter yeah. the Dragon um, was the. Second, uh, sorry, no. Enter the Dragon was the first film. Was the first um, martial arts film I saw with uh, with Bruce Lee. It was on late. It was one of those films what my my cousins had watched and told me to watch, but I was too young. And then one night it was on after my parents had gone to bed on TV, and I stayed up to watch it. And it just blew my mind just how he moved. You know, we're talking again about movement, but just how Bruce Lee moved and his oh, just his, I I his, his unbelievable out of this world. Yeah. Uh, j- just imagine he broke his neck and just kept going. Oh, was it back? It was his back? Sorry, uh, but he broke his back and he just kept going and still doing shoots and stuff. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. He's he's um the thing I find craziest about Bruce Lee is that I've seen a lot of um you know people with with muscle and tone, but I've never seen a a man or a person who's got more tone to their body than Bruce Lee and the fact that the palms of his hands, like you can actually see the muscles in the palms yeah. of his hands. Like that it that that's some serious working out at the gym. Definitely. <laughs> and it was so it was way beyond his time as well with oh, how yeah. he was training and like incorporating weight training as well was basically unknown for, for yeah. martial artists at the time. Now that's kind of a given that you should do that kind of training as well. Yeah. No one else did that training, uh, training kung fu at the time. It was like, yeah, you did the training and then that was it, and you stretched a bit. But 
no, he, he, he had a different mindset about things and like how everything was a part of a whole as well. If you listen to his interviews and yeah, um, no, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a shame he uh, got taken away so young. It, it really is, you know, it's such a shame. And, um, you know, I think he, again, he's one of those people where um, what I do find um, lucky and privileged about is that we have although we haven't got a lot of his work like like sometimes with wrestlers when they do pass away so young but we have got a body of work for people to reference and to be able to enjoy and his body of work and his writings and his interviews are just so engaging and his and his actual he just again a bit like anime he just explodes from the screen like he just you look at him on the screen and you can't yes. take your eyes away you know it's in, and his that's not just him moving but that's just him stagnant as well because of his still because of his man his um charisma you know he just was so unique you know and, and i mean he's still put put on a yellow suit for like a big black stripe with a sign everyone's gonna know like instantly what he references how many yeah. You can say that about. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's such an icon, and uh, mm. for for people that doesn't really have anything else in martial arts, which is uh, also quite fascinating, because he he everyone knows who Bruce Lee is. It's not just this specific uh, group of people. It's no. In I think the closest if I'm gonna take wrestling, maybe the closest at least nowadays. I'm thinking it would probably be The Rock. Yeah, that, that people know outside of even people that never watched a wrestling show their, their entire lives still gonna know who The Rock is. Yeah, Maybe, they might not know why he's The Rock. Yeah, they're still gonna know who it is. And but I mean, it's still is he gonna be as um, as well known this many years after? I mean, if you look at the time when Bruce Lee actually died to now. Yeah, I mean, is, is it gonna be that have the same longevity in people's uh, people's Conscience. I don't know. I mean, it takes something very special to to have that. It it really does, you know. And I think um, I, I believe as well that Bruce Lee has this kind of, although it's very retro in that it's very sort of seventies and it's that kind of seventies kung fu. There's something very the, the the sort of style of film. I mean, but there's something very yes. timeless about the actual about him as a as a person and his actual work like there's just something so timeless like i've watched other films and i've watched other martial artists in films but they just don't compare in the sense of when you have seen bruce lee he is just one of a one of a kind and he is just uh you know unique and you know it says something else as well when he was being portrayed in um once upon a time in hollywood um with uh, the Quentin Tarantino film, which oh um, yeah, I, I actually haven't seen that one for partly because of the reason, because I I have heard about it, yeah, and how his portrayal was uh, received as well, yeah. Like, um, I kind of didn't want to watch the movie after that. I have to be honest with that. It was an interesting portrayal. I wouldn't. I think again, it's one of those things where nobody can do Bruce Lee because it is Bruce Lee. But in terms of the story and what they were getting across in the story, it made sense of the actual yeah. film. Because I look... Oh, at... man, I mean, Tarantino obviously does amazing movies. So yeah. 
not taking yeah. that away from him. I'm sure it's brilliant, but I, I yeah. kind of felt like I don't want to have uh, stained is the wrong word, maybe, but I don't want to have the image I have of Bruce Lee and what I've seen him do. And I mean, obviously, I didn't know him. I wasn't there, so I really don't know anything. But I, at the same time, I have this image of what, what he represents in, yeah. in my, um, while I was growing up. And I kind of don't want to have that stained by what might be accurate or non-accurate description of it. In, yeah. In, so, um, so I, I kind of, we'll see. I might get around to watching it one day. But when it came out, I felt like, no, it's uh, it might not be for me, this one. It's an interesting one. It, it didn't taint, I will say, it didn't taint my view of Bruce Lee, thankfully. Um, I think given... I think because I was looking at it as part of the, because of the whole film, because of the film as a whole and because of Tarantino's way of directing, it kind of made sense in the story. So it didn't taint Bruce Lee's legacy for me, but I know why some people were tainted. It would taint their view of Bruce Lee. So I understand that argument as well, you know. Yeah, um, I, I can't really tell since, as I said, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I got a bit scared away from uh, from the headlines and uh, <laughs> I read around this, so yeah, we'll see. I might yeah. I might take you up on that one. Actually, go watch it now. <laughs> it's, um... You bring me hope. <laughs> it's an interesting one. It's an interesting film. Let's put it that way. You know, it's a different. It's different as all Tarantino films are. Um, you know, definitely. Let watch it and let me know what you think. Let's put it that way. <laughs> as a lot of people have when they've seen it. Will do. Yeah. That's a deal. <laughs> and actually as well I mean Tim, you you mentioned before we got on to Bruce Lee we were talking about Jackie Chan do you have a favorite Jackie Chan film because Jackie Chan's one of those people I've not seen a lot of I've seen sort of his American films like Rush Hour and all that kind of stuff but a lot of his kung fu films and things I've not seen a lot of them so do you have a favorite Jackie Chan film or performance I mean it's uh he's one of this um these people uh that just can do everything, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and um, it's different things in different movies that I'm kind of, um, uh, that I'm popping for. <laughs> but um, I would say, I would say Drunken Master. Yeah. It's just, it's probably my favorite with him. And because, uh, I mean, the way he moves in that movie is just amazing. It's believable, but it's still out there somehow at the same time. <laughs> Not not a lot of people can pull that off. <laughs> no, um, he's definitely again one of those people who has a very um, unique performing style. And everything I've seen him in, I've I've loved watching everything he's in. I just haven't seen a lot of his full, you know, kung fu performances. It's been more, like I said, Rush Hour and you know his American um, films as opposed yeah, to I his. Mean... He yeah. likes he likes doing the comedy things though I've heard but yeah yeah, yeah. I, I prefer him in the in the Chinese uh, movies actually before yeah. before he came to the, to the states and starting doing more comedy things with the like you said Rush Hour is probably the most well known I think uh, yeah um so I will take you up on it's that not, it's not the same time it's the same thing but I mean he's still a brilliant martial artist and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you have to be impressed with a guy that does every stunt on his own. <laughs> I oh, think he's yeah. broken every bone in his body at some point. <laughs> I mean, but he just keeps going. Yeah, and I definitely hands down to that one, and I kind of feel like I, I want to. 
sometimes when I get injured doing stuff, because uh, that does happen, I kind of think of that. I'm like, yeah, he could do it, so I can do. <laughs> and it worked so far. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> definitely uh, take you up on watching some, uh, I'll watch uh, some Jackie Chan as well. Um, definitely uh, have a look and see what I uh, can seek out with uh, Drunken Master and some of his other work. So definitely looking yes. forward to watching that as I well. I think you should. <laughs> definitely. You can you review know. it back to me later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'll definitely try and watch that this weekend or, um, you know, coming up. And um, the kind of last two questions what I have, they kind of go hand in hand in a way. So what has been the highlight of your career to date and uh, what um, is in store for the wrestling world from uh, Alice Inc.? What can we wait to see? Oh, uh... I think that is several different key points, uh, the wrestling for me so far. And I mean, I haven't done this for that long, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. I mean, I had my first um, my first actual match in the middle of 2018. Uh, so, um, and then with COVID shutting everything down for a year now. So, I mean, <laughs> I've been active for, for one and a half years, basically. Yeah. It's, it's been uh, quite intense, and I had a lot of matches uh, uh, during that time. So, yeah, I think uh, one, one of the absolutely best experiences um, during that time would be when I went to, to Bodyslam in Denmark. Yeah. Uh, for the, for the summer, show, uh, summer show they had in uh, Absalom in Copenhagen. Uh, that, that was so fun. And I mean, Bodyslam is absolutely wonderful to work for. It was fun being a different country, obviously, as well. Yeah. The show was so well executed. And uh, yeah, and it just had a great trip as well. We did a road trip down a few wrestlers from uh, Stockholm and uh, for this specific show and then back. So, I mean, yeah, it's uh, that, that was just this one of the times um, I just felt like, yes, I could do this for the rest of my life and just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that would be one and obviously Rel- relentless as well has been such a treat being able to work with uh, people from all over all over Europe yeah and meeting people I'm I mean from different walks of life that I've never been able to do without the wrestling um, but I mean so those those things kind of stand out but I mean it's always every show is a different thing and it's always different things the experience and just meeting these these people that I've grown very fond of during this trip, yeah, uh, as well. So I mean, this this is my family in a way. It's like I have I have my my wrestling family, I have my martial arts family, and then I have my family family. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. <laughs> so, but they they're all like uh, I I wouldn't have it without either one of them. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but I mean, what's in store now? It's um. It's been a very tricky year, especially here in Sweden and in Stockholm. So it's, uh, we had quite a quite a lot of restrictions uh, with things. We haven't been able to do trainings and we haven't been able to do shows. Uh, but as of looking right now, we we might have things going on quite quite near in the future. So I'm really looking yeah. forward to a good 2021. Yeah. And uh, a lot of things might happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely not the end of the road for me, and I have so much more in the tank to give. So oh yeah, it's uh, I'm just um, trying trying to 
make it through until we can start doing live shows again and uh, at least some kind of shows. Yeah. And um, I'll be back and stronger than ever. That's the plan. <laughs> awesome. You know, I can't wait to be able to come and see Alice Inc. in person and be able to, you know, see um, Scandigraps, like I said, firsthand and just be there in the crowd, you know, experiencing it all. You know, I cannot wait for that day, you know, and be able to We'd see it. We'd love to have you here. So please get over here as soon as you can. <laughs> I absolutely am. Don't worry. So, uh, like I said, once everything's um, been you know, uh, things are a bit uh, less restrictive and, you know, work is sort of um, able to, you know, open up a little bit and some time off, then I'm definitely going to come when everyone's, uh, you know, starting to work again. So I can't wait, you know, and it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to speak to you this evening. Um, oh, Alex, I think it's been... such a good time. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. You know, like I said, it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, I've just, you know, I always like I said before we came on air, you know, but uh, you you have, along with all the wrestlers, you know, you um, sacrifice your, it sounds like an overstatement, but it's, it's something I always like to sort of um, bring home to people to listen, but you do sacrifice your bodies and especially with COVID, your health to keep us all entertained. And without you being able to do that, we wouldn't have a show in the first place to be able to interview from on a platform. So it's always a great privilege to be able to speak to you and everyone else about your careers and, um, you know, experiences. So thank you. Thank you for having me again. And I mean, the pleasure is all mine, really. Oh, I had yeah. such a good time. <laughs> Ah, oh, thank you. And um, just to finish off as well, um, where can people find you on social media and follow you? Um, you know, where are they able to um, find you? The floor's yours. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Alice Inc. on all three of those. Awesome. I'll um, put the um, links in the description of the oh, uh, podcast. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. So, no, you're welcome. I always do that so then everyone can uh, follow you and uh, see what um, is going on up in uh, up in the Nordics and then uh, Scandigraps with you and um, you know get excited for when you're back in the ring. So um, so yeah, so that'll be definitely uh, like I said, my highlight of my 2021 when that can happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're all looking forward to that. Oh, I can't wait. And so crossing um, my fingers here and toes and everything I can. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen soon, soon, definitely soon. And um, just to finish off, everyone, you can find BBG Wrestling on Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and you can find us on our website at www.bbgwrestling.com. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, with another exclusive interview. Thank you for listening, everybody, and catch you all soon. <laughs>